Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we will simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today, so we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along as we dive in. My name is Amber Jordan, and as always, I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka Mo. Hey, Amber, always good to be here with you, and it's always good to be talking about leadership. And today's leadership topic intro is brought to you by the greatest decade ever, the 90s. The 90s are known for so many great things, but one of the things for sure is the movies. Some of the best movies came from the 90s, and Mo, I know you can quote all of them and eventually will over the life of this podcast. But one of my favorite movies is the movie Armageddon, starring Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. I'm sure most of you out there have seen it. If you haven't seen this movie, stop what you are doing right now. Turn your car around, Definitely. drive straight home, get off the treadmill, watch it today. In this movie, the world is going to end. A meteor is headed straight for Earth and is going to decimate the planet. And the only hope the world has is Harry the Oil Driller, played by Bruce Willis. NASA brings Harry in off the oil rig, tells him they want to send him up to drill a hole in the meteor so they can drop a bomb in it and blow the meteor to pieces before it hits Earth. He thinks they just want advice on how to drill, but no, they want to actually send him to space with their NASA team of expert professionals. And here's what I want to focus on today. Harry says, I'll do it, but I need my team to do it. Yes. So he rounds up his team, his ragtag group of, let's just call them the unlikelies, and brings them to NASA. They're all sitting around this conference room table and Harry explains to them what's going on. He gives them the vision and the mission. And then he tells his team, basically, I I'm going. You don't have to go with me, but there's no one else I'd rather do this with. And you know what he got? A hundred percent buy-in. And here's the point that will lead into our discussion today. It wasn't in that moment around the conference table that Harry built a team. He had already invested in the relationships with each member of his team over the years to get to the point that when it was the mission of their lives, the obstacle of their lives, they were ready. They were a team. Now, I'm not going to give away the ending for that one person out there who still hasn't seen it, but I think we can all connect with the concept of this story. And Mo, you always say leaders do two things, build people and build teams. And last week we talked about what it means to build people. But I know that some have questions following that episode about the team aspect of the equation. I think it would be beneficial for our audience to hear some of your thoughts on building teams. Well, building teams is important and building people is important. And it doesn't matter whether you have a couple of people that rely on you 
or you have an entire army, if you're responsible for others, then you better believe that you are going to be charged with building teams and those teams are going to be made up of people. Okay. Let's say that people out there believe you and buy into this part of the process. What then? Because I remember for me, when we first started going through this coaching process, I thought I was doing a pretty darn good job of building my team. After all, I had assembled a team. Then we started going through the process and I realized assembling is not the same as building. And I have a long way to go. And so does my team. Well, that could really be a podcast in itself. And so maybe we'll have to put that on the docket. <laughs> but I would say that, you know, you really don't need to be that hard on yourself. But of course, both you and I know that's not how I roll. <laughs> but it, it's such an important part of the process, meaning we're always looking to first build people and secondly, and very closely building those teams of people. So for those of you in the audience, if you've ever been uh, in charge of one person or more people, well, you've got a team on your hands. So it's time to take responsibility. Well, I think our audience probably knows by now that you are definitely a guy that is looking for results. And whether I like it or not, I have bought into this leadership journey. Or to use your favorite reference from the movie Matrix, I've taken the red pill of leadership. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that using that illustration, Amber, is probably the most accurate I've been able to come up with over all my years in, in leadership. I used to use a bunch of other stuff to explain the process and what leadership was going to be about. But as soon as I started talking about viewing life through the leadership lens as taking the red pill like Neo did in the Matrix, it was like a light bulb went off, not just in that one person's head, but everybody else that I've ever, I've ever brought that up to, including you, because doesn't it make so much sense? It really is a great way to understand the journey. But seriously, you and I have been talking about ways to build teams. And today you really want to focus on the main factor in building teams, the foundation. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. At the very base of your ability to build teams, which is that foundation, you can also think of that foundation as trust. Without it, you're dead in the water. So the question is for you out there, are you the kind of leader who builds trust for your teams? Well, you know me, Mo. The short answer is that yes. But let's say for the sake of argument that I need some work on nailing down exactly what it means to build trust in my team. Where would I start? I've been able to sit down with you and your team and really tackle this issue of building trust. So let's walk through that process. The first lesson that we learn is this. Leaders first give trust, then they get trust. I think leaders mix this one up all the time, meaning whether we ask people to follow us or you're hired to take a position and give influence over a team, we want people to trust us right away, right? It's actually backwards if we think about it. If you walk onto a team and expect people to trust you, to say the least, you're probably going to be met with some kind of resistance. 
What, what do you mean by that exactly? Well, all of us have been on either side of that equation, right? We've been leaders and we've been followers. And some of us are doing both right now, actually. And so you've either been part of that existing team where somebody was put in place as the new leader or you were the new leader. So let's take that latter point. When you're placed on a team that already exists, that's got to be pretty difficult. I mean, these people have already been together. They've already been doing life. They've already been doing business. And now you're just supposed to come in and lead them. That's tough on any level. And the problem is that when we expect to be given grace by that new team, we need to ask them to trust us when in reality, it should be the other way around. I've definitely been in that position more than once. And for those of you out there in the audience, you probably feel my pain as well. So then, Mo, if leaders focus on first giving trust, how do they do that? The short answer is that they need to read Maxwell's Law of Empowerment. But <laughs> but of course, <laughs> you and I know that being the 12th law of leadership, it's pretty difficult to grasp because, as you know, you can't skip laws. You have to start from the beginning and you got to do them in order if you want to be effective or you have to do them in order if you want to be the most effective. So like always, the first thing is to pick up John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership and get to work. But I guess just to wet your whistle, uh, there's what he would say, giving trust to people when you lead. And he says this, secure leaders spend their time identifying leaders building them up, giving them resources, authority, and responsibility, and then turning them loose to achieve. Well, I think all of our listeners out there, including myself, want to be that kind of leader. And in previous podcasts, we talked about the aspect of resources. So for our listeners, if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode nine, three L's of leadership to get a better understanding of what it means to leverage resources. But Mo, talk to me about leaders giving authority to their team members. I think it's safe to say that giving authority to others is not only necessarily a strong suit of many leaders, it's one of their best suits. I mean, come on, it isn't, isn't that why you're putting your position to give away your, your great wisdom and guidance to all the people on your team? Well, you can probably see that you've been there. That's why there's sarcasm in my voice when I say that even. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> and so, you know how much I love former President Teddy Roosevelt. Well, he said this, the best executive is the one who has sense enough to pick good men to do what he wants done and the self-restraint enough to keep from meddling with them while they do it. Mm. Leaders, is this how you run your ship? Do you have sense enough to pick good men and women to get the job done? And secondly, and more important, do you actually restrain yourself from imposing your wonderful ideas to get stuff done and actually let them do their job. You see, one of the more difficult parts about being a leader is actually trusting people that you pretend to trust some of the time or much of the time. But if you actually do what President Roosevelt said here, get people on your team that know what they're doing, hand over real authority, 
and actually get out of the way, your team's going to be unstoppable. Mo, as you know, and as I've already stated, I really thought I was good at this for so many years. And, and I tried to convince you of that. And I, I thought because I could motivate or more realistically intimidate people into getting work done, that it meant that I was empowering them. But when you and I sat down and actually talked about what it meant to give real authority and how to implement that to the members of the team, and I actually started doing that, it was a game changer. It really was. When you unleash your team and let them do what they're good at and actually get out of their way, it makes them better on all, on all levels. And for our listeners out there, you can do the same thing that we experienced with Amber's team. If you're frustrated with your team, a question that I might have for you is this. What would it look like for you to give away real authority to your team? And Mo, that frustration you speak of, like that really is a good indicator that something needs to change. And against all popular opinion, what needs to change isn't the team member per se. It's how the team member is being led. The leader needs to change how they are leading and giving away real authority. Um, and that really is the key if you are experiencing frustration out there. So what does it mean for a leader to do the second part of that, which is giving away responsibility? Let me be clear to all leaders out there. When I say unleash your team and get out of their way, I'm not saying that you shirk your own responsibilities, but instead increase your accountability to your team by allowing them to have the responsibilities that they should have. What do you mean by increase your accountability by giving away responsibility? <laughs> Great question. And we don't really have time to get in the weeds of that right now because it really pertains to an entire model that we use over at Rising Tide for our consulting. When we go to corporate structured companies to help them identify the best way to maximize effectiveness, I mean, well, talk about that as a, a shameless plug, right? But that's really what I'm talking about here is really helping your people by giving that responsibility, but really still kind of taking on all of the pressure of getting it right. Because let's face it, when it comes down to it, you are the one who is accountable. So since you mentioned it, I'm just going to go ahead and add on to that plug. We do actually go into corporate structure companies and, and talk to middle and upper level management teams to take them through this process. And it's really effective for them. And you know what, Amber, I really love to do that because especially for those Fortune 500 type companies, but really not limited to them. There's always a lot of giving responsibility out without taking accountability. And we as leaders can't afford to do that. So here you go. What it means to give away responsibility properly is this. When we as leaders give responsibility to our team members, we give them a chance to both win and lose. And I know that nobody really likes to lose, right? Or even talk about it. And everybody loves to win, right? <laughs> but the only way to help each member on your team grow 
and in turn helping the entire team grow is to put people in a position, hopefully to win more than lose, but really help them through that process because that's how they're going to learn through the process. Allowing them to take ownership, coming alongside them without micromanaging. You see, enlarging others' view makes you larger as a person, as a leader, and as a company, as a team. When we allow people to be responsible for their actions and their projects, we give them the ability to both take the credit and also own up to their mistakes. And in a growing team environment, we need both. So leaders, do you give away responsibility to those under your care without shirking your accountability in that process? Because it's not necessarily become easier. It's definitely become a lot simpler. For sure. And for those out there listening, we here at Rising Tide Leadership would love to be a part of that process of, you know, that's why that's what we're all about is um, simplifying the complexities of the leadership journey. So whether you are leading a team of just a couple people or if you are in one of those Fortune 500 companies that Mo mentioned or anything in between, reach out to us today. We'd love to be a part of your journey and really helping you, again, simplify those things that seem complex, but really are simple when we have the right tools and the right people to come alongside us to help us do that. So to recap, we've talked about leaders first give trust, then they get trust. And the way that we do this is by one, giving away authority and two, giving away responsibility. Well, Mo, as always, do you have any final thoughts for us? I do, and it's just a couple. First, we have to remember that the leadership journey, it's not easy, but it really is simple. So a lot of us really make it more difficult than it really needs to be, when what we should be doing is understanding that the most important thing that we can do for our team is begin with a culture of trust. And I know for a lot of people out there, it's really difficult even to talk about the word trust. I mean, it just kind of makes us think, oh man, am I getting into feelings and all the lovey-dovey stuff? And no, I think as a team, it's really important to understand and trust your people because then, Amber, they're going to start to trust you, and then they're going to start working with you. You see, our people never really work for us because leaders mess us up all the time. They want to be in charge. They want to be the ones giving out all of the, the commands and making sure that things get done, when in reality, they should be focusing on the people part, which is building that culture of trust. It's the baseline. It's the very bottom of everything that we do. You have to build on that solid foundation. And my hope would be this, that you as a leader out there, take what I like to call the counterintuitive approach to leadership. And that's what we talked about today. Don't demand trust from your people. Come into a situation and you know what? You might actually 
just be in a situation now where you say, Mo, I've been on my team for a while. I've been a leader for this team for maybe a year or more or several years, and I've really botched this. And if that's you, it's never too late to build trust. It's never too late to build that foundation. No matter how messed up you might feel like it is, you can always go back. And instead of telling your team you need them to trust you, why don't you trust your team? Give away authority. Give away responsibility. And like we talked about today, when you focus on trusting your team and don't have expectations of them to do anything more than to help them build trust in you, that's going to be a great place for you to start. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. And remember, we are offering a free strengths review session with one of our coaches. If you'd like to know more about living in your strengths, check out podcast episode six. Click on the Strength Finders 2.0 Amazon link, which helps support our podcast. And go to risingtideleadership.com to sign up using the contact us section. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on this leadership journey. Don't forget, like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. We'll see you next week.